0: you know, it can actually open you up a lot if you're willing to be really specific about who who you do it for. And then that kind of allows you to like provide more different services or talk about different content on on your platforms.
1: You're listening to the Branding Gems podcast. A podcast that is not just interviews and conversations. It's to bring you guys the best of the best women in branding and business to answer this question. What are your top three valuable tips and lessons that you learned along the way and then we discuss it. To fuel your passion-filled lifestyle business, I promise to bring you the best of the best women in branding and business, and together we can grow and learn from the extracted advice that they provide. I'm Peggy Bree, and let's get growing. Hey, welcome. I hope you haven't forgotten about me because I haven't forgotten about you. I just some personal updates i am in colombia i made it i'm loving this place and i just i feel like i'm meant to be here not specifically to podcasting i mean i'm i just it feels so purposeful to be doing this digital nomad thing in colombia and not in pursuit of my own desires but for it to be purposeful and for it to be more purpose-driven so I'm just yeah I that's a personal update on my end and just another update on the podcast side of things I do plan on next year on having more than two episodes a month I know I've only been doing two episodes a month because that is per my capacity of what I can and it is what it is, but it can be changed and I do plan on changing that and I do want to post more content. So stay tuned for more than two episodes a month. If you aren't already and if you want to see more of my digital nomad life and faith journey and branding life, definitely go on Instagram at Peggy Bree and just give me a follow or just creep on me. I want you to meet me there and without further ado say hi to this next guest i love her she's also doing the digital nomad thing and she's just so interesting so uh, talk to you soon bye hi welcome back to another episode of branding gems i have another awesome guest today who i can't wait to share with everyone Today, we have Katie Steckley, and she's a YouTube creator and the owner of Katie Steckley Creative Services, a social media content creation agency that serves small business owners and influencers by producing Instagram, podcasts, and YouTube content. Katie is passionate about slow and steady growth and taking an honest approach to marketing, always focusing on human connection and relationship building first. Outside of work, Katie's passion for travel has led her to a van conversion project. She and her partner are converting a utility van into a tiny home on wheels and look forward to living the digital nomad life once traveling becomes safe again.
0: Welcome, Katie. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yes, I'm so excited
1: to have you here. I remember you from the Sunday showers event. And what I loved is the fact that your tips and tricks are very interesting. Like it really dives into how a user can build human connections on different platforms. And I remember your tips being so intriguing. So I'm so excited to have you here.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, that was a very fun event. And it was great to back in the day when we could be in person with each other, right?
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. I know. I can't wait for that day for sure. So let's dive right in. What are your top three tips on branding and business? And let's start with the first one.
0: All right. So my first tip for branding and business is actually for anybody out there who has a personal brand, because that's where my experience really lies in. I have a personal brand that I've built into a business and I work with a lot of influencers with personal brands. And so my piece of advice is this, as a personal brand your brand is never going to be a perfect reflection of who you are, but instead it should reflect the parts of your personality that are relevant to your business. And the reason why I bring this up is because for me, it's been quite a journey as somebody with a personal brand, trying to figure out exactly what it means to be authentic, and how to show up genuinely online. Um, Because when you're multi-passionate, you have a lot of different things that you care about. It can be difficult to figure out how do I fully represent that in a brand. And I think what I've learned over time is that you actually just need to find the parts of yourself that are most relevant to your business and choose to share that as part of your personal brand and not feel discouraged if your brand doesn't 100% reflect who you are as a human being. Um, because I think that at the end of the day, uh, brands are never going to be able to fully encompass all the complexities of you as a person. So for me, I've just found it encouraging to embrace that you know my personal brand, it's authentic, it reflects me, but it's never going to include 100% of who I am.
1: Hmm. So true. It's always so important to show up authentically as yourself a hundred percent. And that does not mean to show a hundred percent of everything about you into your brand and business. So I love that.
0: Hmm. And I think that because, you know, there's such a culture of authenticity on like Instagram, especially, which I think is great. Like obviously I think being true to yourself and having that desire to to be honest is really important. And that's like a huge value of myself and my brand. But I think for me, because I've been online for so long, like I started a YouTube channel when I was like 12 years old. And for me, creating content has always been A part of myself and like a part of who I am. So I always have this tension of like, okay, well, if I'm not sharing everything, am I really being authentic? And I think what I've realized is like people are so – complex. Like people contain multitudes. There's so many different aspects to your personality. And just because you don't share every little detail of your life online doesn't mean that you're being inauthentic. It just means Mm -hmm. that you're being strategic with what you're sharing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so true. Oh my goodness. So when it comes to strategically picking out parts of your personality to show up online, what does that encompass? Like, What is that process like?
0: I think that's a great question because it can be really difficult to figure that out, right? Like, okay, so I'm not going to share 100% of myself. What What do I share then? And for me, it's been a bit of a journey of figuring out – who is my ideal audience? And what do I think that they are going to connect with most? So I can give like a specific example about this. For myself, like I, I share a lot of stuff online, a lot of stuff that probably a lot of people would consider kind of intimate or vulnerable. Like I, I talk about my own struggles with body image and I talk about body confidence and, you know, I share my, like what my weight is and stuff like that. Like things that a lot of people would never dream of talking about publicly. But you know, so as much as I choose to share those sort of intimate things, some things that I don't talk about much, for example, is like, I'm married. I'm a 24 year old woman who's married. And I feel like I, not that I'm like trying to hide that, but I don't feel like it's that relevant to my target audience. Cause I've kind of determined, okay, I think that my ideal followers are like other young women that are getting started in creative career paths, maybe want to be entrepreneurs themselves. And I've just identified like, look, this is the case. Most women in their early twenties are not married. It's kind of unusual. So I'm like, I I don't talk about, you know, the typical like married life or like relationship tips or whatever some people who really focus on like marriage as a part of their online brand would talk about. I don't discuss those things because I know that it's not going to be super interesting or relevant to my audience. That doesn't mean that I'm like ashamed of it or I don't want people to know. Like obviously I bring it up if it's relevant, but that's just one example of something that like that's a part of my life, but I don't like make it a part of my online presence. So I think overall the question is just who's your audience what are your goals with that audience and then what about yourself like in terms of your personality your life experiences what about that is going to be relevant to them
1: mm-hmm. that's so interesting i love that it like it brings on pain points for people to connect with and what ultimately it does it it does create that human connection for people to like draw into your brand and
0: what you have to say and offer in that so that's so interesting Mm Hmm. I think it really is just about figuring out ways to build those connections. It's not. It's not really that different, actually, from like making friends in real life. If you think about it that way, like when you connect with new people, you sort of subconsciously think about, okay, what do we have in common? Like, what do we share that we can discuss and and both relate to, and then focusing on those things. So, yeah, I think it's really just. I think sometimes people can feel like, oh, well, it's hiding parts of myself. Well, no, like you do this in real life too. It's just finding ways that you connect with the people that you're trying to connect Mm
1: -hmm, with. I love that. So really, strategically finding ways to help them without having to bring up every single pain point that you have, because you know, there's a way that you still have to like somehow protect your your personal self apart from your personal brand. So that's so true. Mm -hmm. And so a question. So I know that you use like platforms like Instagram and YouTube as your main um, platforms to show up online. So what are your tips and tricks in building human connections with your audience in those platforms? So I
0: think for both of them, some of the same rules can apply. First, I think kind of what we were talking about before, figuring out what parts of your personality are going to relate to your ideal audience and then trying to highlight those. And then I think another big thing that I've sort of experienced as, as being effective, especially if you're the kind of person that does similar content to me. So like, you know, education, tips and tricks, advice type of content. I think just being really, really like honest about how the process is not always easy. I think that that can be the most effective thing when it comes to building that human connection, whether it's in your YouTube videos or in your Instagram captions or whatever, is just being really upfront and saying like, I know this takes hard work. Like, I'm not going to tell you that you can get 10,000 followers overnight. Like it's really hard. And I find that that's really what has sort of set me apart. I think in some ways, um, because there's a lot of sort of like social media educator types online that are like, oh, just buy my course and you'll get a million followers tomorrow. And I think that I'm like very much the opposite of that. And like, no, like it's taken me 10 years to get to a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers. Like this takes a long time and a lot of hard work. So, you know, and encouraging people not to feel bad if their progress is slow. Um, and just kind of emphasizing that that slow and steady growth is like real and authentic growth. So yeah, I think that just being really honest and then Finding those ways that you can connect on a personal level to your audience. Uh, can really help build those connections.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. And I really love that you're all about that steady organic growth, because when it comes down to the, it, it really is building relationships with your audience. And it's not like someone gets to know you like, just like that instantly, but it takes time to build that relationship. And the more time is put into building relationship with your audience, the more they'll just grow to love you and stick with you even more. And the more they'll
0: really get to know you. So I love that you're really about that organic approach. Mm -hmm. I really feel like that is the like only effective approach at the end of the day, because there's lots of ways that you can sort of scam yourself to a bigger audience, but it's not actually going to result in any more sales or, you know, growth for your business really. So
1: yeah. Exactly. It's so good. Oh my goodness. (laughs) What is your second tip in branding and business?
0: My second tip is to be specific with your offers as a business, like know for sure what you are offering your clients or customers, but then don't be afraid to change them if the time arises. And I feel like to explain this tip, I maybe have to go into a little bit of my own backstory and like the story of how my business got started. So is that cool if we do a little bit of a trip to memory lane? Of
1: course. Let's do it. Let's. Okay, do it. so
0: for a little bit of background, when I first got started in the like entrepreneurship world, I started out as a freelance videographer so I I had been a youtuber for many years all through my like teenage like high school years and early years in university and I just loved making videos and when I sort of started to realize that I probably didn't want to do a nine to five I wanted to be an entrepreneur I was like okay well like I can make videos like I, I know how to do that so like that that's something I can offer you know, as a business. So I started as a freelance videographer, but at the same time, because I'd always been that kid that was like into social media and spent a lot of time on my computer, like after school, you know, like coding my Tumblr site or like whatever different stuff. I had a lot of sort of, um, I guess content creation or, or just like internet, like related skills. So I would take on whatever jobs were thrown at me. So I would do like website design, event photography, I'd make like conference videos, like all kinds of stuff, whatever basically people were willing to pay me to do in terms of the digital content creation space. I was like, okay, I'll do it. Um, cause I was just getting started, but my main focus really was, um, like marketing videos for small businesses at, at the time. It was really all about Facebook video, which is like quite a throwback, but that's what everybody was focusing on was how to get their videos, um, and their content on Facebook in front of more people. So I was making people promotional videos for, their Facebook pages. It was like the typical like interview shot with a business owner. And then I'd go around and get like B roll of their office or their store or whatever. And then we'd put it into this nice polished video for their website and for their Facebook page. Um, And so at that time I was, I was still student. I was doing this kind of as a side hustle, but um, I, I was pretty clear about, this is what I offer, right? Like, even though I did a bunch of different stuff, I over time became a little bit more clear of like, I make marketing videos. Like that's what I do. So as I got more confident in that and more specific with those like offers, I started to get more of that kind of work. Um, and then as time went on, even though you know I was being specific about this is kind of what I'm offering people, I noticed that my clients started asking me more for advice and guidance on like where to put their videos, when should they post them, what platform should they post them on. Like they wanted to know the strategy behind the marketing. And so since this was something I was always interested in myself, um, just like with my my time spent as a user on social media, I had some ideas around this, and I was curious to learn more. So at that point. I started to offer more of like the social media marketing sort of angle to my services. Um, even though at the same time I was still mostly doing the videography work. Um, but um, after I graduated university and I was really wanting to like hustle to get clients and like turn this into a full-time thing. I started um, doing a lot of cold emailing to try to get um, clients. And at this point, even though I had done the social media stuff and I was like thinking about it, I was still mostly, okay, I'm just making videos for people. So I cold emailed a ton of local realtors and I was like, "Hey, like I'll do like a house tour video for your next listing." Um and one of them actually ended up replying and saying, "You know what? I actually don't want any house tour videos. Like I think those are cheesy, but I would love if you would help me with my social media." Um and I was like, "Oh my gosh. This is exactly the kind of stuff that I love to do." So we had a conversation at a Starbucks and she wanted to start a podcast and a YouTube channel and be more present on Instagram. And so that ended up being a pretty big turning point in my business where I realized like, okay, this is exactly the kind of stuff I love doing for myself. This is an opportunity where I can get paid to be a content creator, but like for other businesses. So At this point, I feel like it was a time where I was really able to pivot to being like, okay, I'm a social media content creator. Like, that's what I help people with. And it opened up like so much opportunity for me. Whereas, if I would have been really strict and said, I'm only going to do video stuff, like that's my thing, I think I would have really lost out on a lot of potential growth. And really, even though that time when I pivoted from Being just a videographer to doing that social media content for that realtor, that would have been like the fall of 2018. So, you know, like two and a half ish years ago. I had no idea at the time how much making that pivot was actually going to be setting myself up for future success because then in like March, 2020, just a little bit under a year ago, obviously we know like the world totally turned upside down. We're in lockdown. All of the in-person video gigs that I had scheduled at the time had to be canceled. Um, and so at that point my business really made it's like final evolution into where it is now, which is the fully remote social media content creation services for Instagram podcasts and YouTube. Um, and so things have changed a lot for me, obviously, from from being just a freelance videographer to running like this social media agency. And I feel like all along the way, if I would have just, you know, did what I did at the very beginning and said, like, I'll do anything and everything, I really don't think I would have found the clients that I did. But at the same time, if I wasn't willing to pivot and change my services, then I also don't think that I would have had the growth that I've had. So I guess like what this all comes back to is just my feeling that as a business owner, it's important to be clear with what you offer because just saying like, oh, I'll do anything. Like it's going to be very hard to attract clients if you do that. But at the same time, you shouldn't be too strict in what you're offering because there might be opportunities that come up that allow you to just like unlock that next level of growth if you're open to doing something different.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting when it comes to narrowing it down to your offerings and there seems to be like a gray area in that because I know that there's so much there's always that conversation of like oh niche down niche down but then when let's say a client asks for a specific service from you that you don't specifically have in place but you can still offer that like um, even though it's not in your niche per se and you still provide work for that um What's that balance like of having that gray area when it comes to like niching down slash trying new things? Mm -hmm.
0: I think it's really hard for a lot of entrepreneurs because it feels like, especially if you're like a jack of all trades type, kind of like me, you feel like, okay, well, I could do that. So like, why don't I offer it? So then figuring out, okay, where are the lines that I actually draw then between what I offer and what I don't? And I think what I've found for myself anyway is I like the agency that I run is not necessarily a niche one in terms of what we offer. Like we do Instagram, podcast, YouTube, like that's all like, a huge variety of different stuff. But I think the area where we, our niche is in who our like target audiences in terms of our, um, clientele. So like we work with influencers, content creators, like the kind of people that want to have an online presence but need help keeping up with all the logistics of that and it works out really well because we have a number of clients who then you know they do their their podcast with us but then they also want help with instagram and then they also want help with youtube so i feel like we're catering to like a specific kind of person and i think that kind of is a part of my overall philosophy of what a niche can be is like you either need to be specific in your topic area or what you offer or you need to be specific in who you offer it for so i think in our case Um, with our services it's kind of a specific sort of person that we would work with and then we have all kinds of different services that could be relevant to them and honestly what it came down to in terms of what services we can offer is just the stuff that I'm the best at and I enjoy the most (laughs) that's kind of how I made the decision at the end of the day
1: yeah of course you have to enjoy the process and because it is the epitome of your brand and your business, and you have to love it. <laughs> and what I love the most is that you really gave that definition of niching down. Because it's like, oh, I can only do one thing. That's it. But I, you know, want to do so much. But what, niching down, like to your target audience and specifically in in areas of your business, is something that I don't think most people really think about. Like I, at least I haven't really thought about it in that perspective. So I really love that you brought that
0: up. Mm-hmm. I think niching down can be like intimidating for people. And it's definitely something I've struggled with too, as somebody who loves so many different things, because I'm like, Oh, I don't want to limit myself. I want to be able to do what I love. Um And so for me, Being able to think about it in those like two sort of approaches has been really um, liberating because I think a lot of us feel like, okay, we do just one thing or offer just one topic or be really specific about like what we're doing. But I think that, you know, it can actually open you up a lot if you're willing to be really specific about who, who you do it for. And then that kind of allows you to like provide more different services or talk about different content on your, on your platforms or whatever. So yeah, and I think it can evolve too over time.
1: Mm-hmm. That is a golden tip. My goodness. And actually, when it comes to that brand evolution and business evolution, um, what tips do you have in transitioning into those evolutions besides changing up the offers or besides speaking to your audience a different way? Like, are there like what comes with pivoting and, and evolving um, for brands and businesses?
0: Hmm. I think that is a really it's an interesting point in the business journey to try to work through, um, because so much of what we do is try as business owners is like trying to establish ourselves as experts in certain fields and build up that authority. And then I think for me, one of the hardest parts is when you pivot, in some ways, you're giving up um, a part of the success that you maybe have had. and it can feel really scary. To walk away from that, like, especially, you know, if you're new to it. Like, for me, I had, you know, seen a good amount of success doing my freelance videography thing. I was getting gigs and I was doing well at it. And so, for me to feel like I was giving that up, you know, is scary. I mean, in my particular instance, it was sort of forced upon me because obviously everything got canceled and you couldn't do in person stuff anymore. So, I couldn't go and film people like when lockdown first happened. Um, And I actually, like, as terrible as it is and obviously everybody wishes that the pandemic just wasn't happening it did definitely teach me a lesson when it started um and kind of end up pushing me into this next iteration of my business that has ultimately been what i really enjoy and am passionate about and i think like you can never know what the future is going to hold for you until you kind of like jump off that cliff and go for it but you do have to leave behind that stability of what has been you know, very fruitful for you and, and reliable for you and kind of leave that behind to step into something unknown that could maybe be better, could maybe be worse. You never really know. Um, I've been very lucky that, you know, when I've pushed forward into this, this kind of unknown area, it's been very, like very uh, effective for me and very successful. So yeah, but it is, it's a risk, I guess.
1: It is. And even the, if it is a risk, there's so much blessings that can come after it. And if nothing comes after it, it could be a blessing the more you go for it. So I love that viewpoint of really taking big pivots in situations that are unknown and uncomfortable. But those big pivots, my goodness, they are the biggest. They they just are the turning points like they could really make the business be so so awesome and beautiful when it, when it changes to the time. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Love that. So what's your final tip in branding and business?
0: My final tip is, in my opinion, the best trait you can have as a business owner is resourcefulness. And I say that because my personal background like in terms of my education I mentioned before when I was in university I actually was an English major so I have a a degree in like Uh, English communication. I studied like rhetoric and linguistics, which to some extent is definitely um, relevant to what I do now. I do a lot of communication in terms of my videos that I make, my podcast, whatever. Um, But I am completely self-taught when it comes to social media marketing, video editing, motion graphic animation, graphic design, you name it, all this stuff that I've done over the years. I have learned it um, by watching tutorials, by trying stuff myself. Um, And I really feel like as an entrepreneur, one of the best things that you can be is just brave to jump in and learn something, even if you have no guidance at all. Um, and you kind of have to figure out. You need to learn how to learn things, if that makes sense. Uh, I think for me, figuring out how to um, do research, watch tutorials, effectively practice new skills, like, has been really, really beneficial to me. And like, I know for myself, you know, as somebody that's like teaching stuff online. I get like DMs all the time of people that are asking questions that I know are like very Googleable, and like that you could like find that kind of out with your own research. So I just want to encourage anybody that's thinking about doing entrepreneurship or on that journey to just really lean into that resourcefulness and like learn how to learn things for yourself because I don't think I would be where I am today at all if I wouldn't have kind of figured that out like when I was younger, just like watching tutorials and, and um, practicing and learning how to do all these things um, just by trying and being ready to be like, I might be really bad at this, but I'm going to give it a go anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Google is such a best friend in this entrepreneurship world because any questions are answered like right there. And it's definitely such a great um, direction to go when you have all these questions and in, in, in the middle of your business. So it's so, Good. So actually, when you're like learning and upskilling all these different skills to for your business, like where does outsourcing come from there? Like, would you ever outsource or where does that like, what well, like how, how is that going to be like if you were to outsource to somebody? Yeah, that's
0: a really great question. And I think that my business journey has probably been a little bit different from like other, what other entrepreneurs might do in that way, because, and I'm not saying that this, what, what the path I've taken has been like the most efficient or the best one, but it's just kind of my like stubborn do it yourself kind of attitude that's led me to do this. But basically I have always been like, very resistant to like hire a coach or like pay for courses. Like I have bought courses and and done those kinds of things when I've like I don't know. Been tempted into it by the marketing, but I think that my the biggest lessons I've learned have always been from things that I've like googled or tried on my own or whatever. And so, as I have scaled up as a business, because like obviously I, I can't do all of the work for my clients by myself, I have basically hired people that I think have the um, like basic skills to get started and have a lot of talent and a lot of enthusiasm. And then I've trained people to like do stuff for our clients, the way that I have done it. So rather than like, I know a lot of people will outsource and like, maybe this is the better way to do it to like hire people that are more experienced than you and like hire the experts or like, you know, if you don't like to do something, hire somebody who's really good at it. And, you know, I, I think that that is like probably very good advice for me. I think the way that I've established a a sort of routine way of helping clients and keep, and like kept it consistent with my own, um sort of processes and values and stuff is by um hiring people and then training them so then they can take over the tasks that I've done so that's kind of how I've like outsourced um but yeah whether it's the best way to do it or not I don't know
1: no it's an interesting way to do it because it's essentially creating that format and teaching Teaching other people your format because it works, it makes sense for your business and brand. Because if your business and brand is very entrepreneur and it's about teaching um, of of what's relevant of today, it makes sense for someone to also be as nimble in that way too, and really adapt to the format that you have for for that business and brand. So it's an it's an interesting way. I, I love that,
0: mm-hmm. and it's been fun to build a team. Like I feel like that's one of been that's been one of the most rewarding parts of this journey so far is like, I'm a huge extrovert. I love hanging out with people. And when I started as an entrepreneur, I was quite lonely as like a solo freelancer. And so for me, um, being able to bring in more people and just have a team all working on the same projects has been really, really awesome.
1: Mhm I love that. So what has been one of the projects that had been has been really rewarding when it comes to bring, bringing that team in. Like what is the difference of having it versus just doing it yourself that has been the
0: biggest um the biggest reward. I think for me what has been so awesome to see is like the new ideas and contributions that come in from um uh, my team members because I'm so used to being like, I, I mean, and I, like I do come up with like a lot of the ideas, a lot of the creative and strategic direction, but I like really thrive with collaboration and hearing other people's ideas and getting to like work together and um, sort of integrate our ideas and come forward with something even bigger and better. So it's just been really satisfying to see everybody's um, sort of different um, creative um, ideas come together um, for our clients.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. It's it's a good thought because even as much as you're teaching them a certain format, no matter what, they're still an individual, and they'll always have ideas to put into it. So, to, like, which becomes such a beautiful thing because to have those input into um, the same format that you're used to, like it, it it creates a different level of thoughts and ideas that can come from it. So, I love that. Hmm. My goodness, your tips are so good, Katie. And I've honestly loved hearing from you and all that you've learned in this business and and branding realm of a world. It's it's so interesting.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) And I love chatting about it.
1: Yes. And what's next for you? What's next in Katie's
0: world? What's next in your brand's world? Right now, my... Business is growing really quickly. We're just bringing on like an unreal amount of new clients, and I'm just trying to keep up with it with hiring and building my team, which is really exciting. Um, so, we're just going to continue to grow the agency that way. I'm really excited to continue to grow um, my own communities on YouTube and on Instagram. Um, yeah, and as you mentioned in my little intro, um, really looking forward to continue building out my utility van into a little camper um, and making YouTube videos about that along the way. So yeah, that's kind of what's next for me. That's
1: exciting. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to follow along with that van story. Like that must be such a entirely big transition from moving to a, a place with all these four walls into an actual moving space. (laughs)
0: I'm really excited about it. I mean, we're not going to be like living in our van full time, like a lot of like van lifers do, but I'm hoping to spend, um, you know, at least several months a year traveling around in our van and doing the digital nomad thing someday once we could travel again. So yeah, I'm excited for it. Yes. And where can people find you? Yeah. So you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash Katie, just slash K-A-T-I-E. You'll find my channel there. I'm on Instagram at Katie Steckley. And you can also find out about my business and the services that my team offers at katiesteckley.com. Awesome. And tell, tell us more about your new podcast. Yeah. So my podcast is called creator club. You can find it anywhere where you listen to podcasts, just search creator club. I love to provide social media marketing and content creation tips over there and um, interview other entrepreneurs. So check it out. Awesome. Well, my goodness. It's so nice to have you on
1: this podcast, Katie. I loved you at the event. I loved you here. Like this is so exciting to meet you and to hear all these tips from you. So yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, and we are going to sign off. Hi, you made it to the end again. I'm going to keep pointing that out because I'm always so happy and amazed when people stay to the end. And anyways, if you can share this podcast, screenshot it, and put it on your Instagram, I would definitely reshare you. Tag me at PeggyRB and Blank from Design. And also, you can even just send this to your friend on whatsapp send it to somebody on the instagram dm send it in an
0: unconventional way and tell me about it okay bye